as a passionate and trailblazing digital health physician entrepreneur with a mission to disrupt the healthcare landscape. Our next guest combines cutting edge technologies and insights from diverse industries to empower individuals to live healthier, longer, and more productive lives. Dr. Ravi Komotoretti, founder and CEO of Daytona Health, joins us to explore his company's groundbreaking approach of leveraging personalized coaching and behavior change techniques to drive positive health transformations. Join us to learn how Dr. Komotoretti's expertise in translational medicine and digital health startups has helped him build his fast-growing company, as well as the inspiring discussion we had about navigating healthcare data, harnessing the power of AI, and driving innovation in the pursuit of a better world. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Dr. Komatoretti. A big welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Mike. Good to be here. Well, given your expertise in leveraging cutting-edge technologies and innovations to disrupt the healthcare landscape and looking outside the field of healthcare to other industries to translate ideas, tools, and solutions into proactive, preventative approaches to medicine that foster health, wellness, performance, and longevity, I know this is going to be a fantastic conversation today. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Ravi, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the Daytona Health team are leveraging the expertise of an artisanal team of artificial intelligence experts medical science, behavior science, and proprietary techniques to understand the goals, personality, and motivations of individuals and craft a tailored coaching plan that's delivered virtually. But first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Yeah, thanks, Mike. That's quite an intro. I hope I'm doing all those things you just mentioned for sure. The one piece of advice I think is the most important is to always start from first principles. The reason I say that, many of the times we're thinking about starting companies or creating solutions, the limitations are not the market, but the limitations you put on your own imagination. I know this sounds almost cheesy or cliched, but to be able to think out of the box or to create the ideal solution, you have to be able to give yourself the freedom to imagine what that solution is. And many times it's about working backwards from that. I think in healthcare specifically, Because everybody has a personal experience, and if you're working in the industry, it's part of your professional life, we're all familiar with it, right? Like if we're working construction, I don't know what that's like because I'm not a construction worker, I've never worked, you know, I've just seen it on TV. But with healthcare, everyone cares about their health. We've all engaged with it, so we're familiar. And we're so used to the current way of doing things, it can be hard to unshackle those boundaries amongst ourselves when we're thinking from an entrepreneurial bent, right? Like what should we make? And we think, well, what should we make that payers will pay for or the current technology will help us do? And I'm like, whoa, 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 stop, stop. 
Just go, in the ideal world, think big. Think about the tech even hasn't been invented yet. The people that you need, figure that solution out and go, let's just make that. Okay, now where do we start? You know, go 2,000 steps backwards from that. And then you start somewhere, right? And you have to go from, you have to plot that map from your starting point to that end point. That's how I think about things. I know it sounds crazy, but. It really isn't, Ravi. And that's the thing, right? Because here's the deal. We've been doing the same things over and over and over again for the last 20, 30, 40 years in healthcare. It hasn't been working. Look where we're at. We're bankrupting this country, right? So to your point, let's think audaciously. You know, the startup health community, I know you're familiar with them as well. Unity and Steve and the rest of the leadership team there, they just, they absolutely pounded into the marketplace, the moonshot opportunities that they're creating there, right? It's the same thing. And that's another thing in regards to having fortunate opportunity like yourself to mentor and advise young and aspired entrepreneurs. Don't forget to take off the shelf that tool that's called the art of the possible, right? We can't continually think and just lay back on the art of the impossible. Oh, that can't happen. To your point, we have to think anew. We have to try new ways of reimagining this industry because what we have been doing is not working. Is that part of the culture at Daytona Health as well? It's definitely part of the culture. One thing I'll say though, can I offer a small caveat to what you just said? You can caveat all you want, Ravi. I've got infinite caveats. Okay, so good. <laughs> Let me pull my first caveat card out. I think what's really interesting about, you know, you know the problem with the disruption is? It's really disruptive, right? <laughs> like, like when you think about like an embedded system like healthcare, that's, and we're like, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but if you think about it, you're disrupt, you're really going to annoy somebody in the chain. If something's been going on for 30 or 40 years, although it may not be working for a large percentage of the people we're talking about, hold on, it's actually working quite well for some amount of players. And if you don't actually take a look at the system and go, hold on, who is this benefiting? Then we're not going to be able to innovate around it, right? So we have to identify who it's actually working for. Clearly a system that's been that's evolved and been sustaining for 40, 50 years, like we have in the American system, it's helping some people. Now, those might be embedded middlemen, insurers, health systems, whatever. But I think we have to be careful about not ignoring that. And we have to realize that if we're thinking big and trying to disrupt things, plotting out how it's going to be disruptive to them is probably a good idea because those are landmines that we want to be aware of before we step on them. You just took it right out of the words right out of my mouth. I couldn't agree with you more. I always mention, hey, by the way, this system is actually working perfectly for a select few, right? It's a well-oiled machine, right? And so we can't forget that. So you're spot on. You have to think about- Yeah, it's printing about, money for somebody. Yeah, right? you have to think about those entrenched stakeholders for sure when you are going to try to disrupt the system writ large. But you know, with that, all, all that good stuff, Ravi, I know we have a lot to cover today. We're going to unpack how Daytona Health came to be, where you guys are at, where things are heading, what our community should be mindful of. We're going to get after all of that and more after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, Everyone at Catalyst works side-by-side side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. 
to virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event. Visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Dr. Ravi Komatoretti, founder and CEO at Daytona Health. Ravi, you set the stage on fire on the front end here. You better be ready. You got to bring the heat through the rest of this podcast, as I know you will. You are an incredibly passionate and big-time visionary for our industry. Let's get after it. Let's talk about all of that kind of work, what led up to Daytona Health. Be What were those aha moments? Why are you taking this big swing with Daytona Health? I mean, this to me is needed now more than ever. And of course, where things are heading as well, Ravi, we got to keep in mind, you know, things are moving faster and faster in our space. You know, we saw that happen with the pandemic and things are only going to continue to accelerate. From my perspective, I love it. But what's going to be happening? What should we be mindful of as a community over the next two to three, three to five years? Then, of course, got to get our community involved to help you out. They are a passionate group of listeners. So we'll go there as well. But first, Ravi, go ahead. Take us back a bit. How did this all come to be? Give us that founder's journey. Then we'll dive into current state in regards to Daytona Health. Yeah. So, you know, just to be really clear on kind of what we're working on Daytona, it's really coaching and behavior change. And that itch is something that's been there for, I think, not just me, but almost every single person who works in healthcare. In other words, throughout like my clinical career, career in translational medicine, digital health, and previous startups, it's been really obvious that what we're essentially trying to do here in healthcare is to help people improve and empower them to change their behavior so they can adopt better lifestyles to get healthier. That's not always true for every disease. But when I think about what really keeps me up at night, Daytona is born out of just, honestly, I'm just angry. I'm concerned and angry when I look at survival curves of United States citizens here. Like we are getting fatter, dying earlier, and getting more sick. Like what is going on? Now, that has simultaneously happened within the context of billions of dollars invested in digital health, healthcare in general, and the most advanced technologies in the world. In the same country that you can go to the Apple store, get access to portable labs, buy your own wireless blood pressure cuff, you have your life expectancy has gone down. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. When you look at the science behind kind of the diseases that we're all worried about, which are all related to inflammation or cardiometabolic in nature. These are mostly preventable, like 70% of heart disease, stroke, diabetes, insulin resistance in general, you know, dyslipidemia, all these things are related to lifestyle. These are choices that we make in things like sleep and exercise and nutrition and how we cultivate a mindset and resilience and grit, social relationships, how we deal with stress at work. I think even if I told you I didn't have the science to back that up, which we do, all of us intuitively know this is true. You don't need to have a medical background to know these are all kind of the root cause. So I think Daytona is born out of recognizing really three problems. One is our healthcare system is great at doing things like broken bones, putting in emergency stents, and trauma. I mean, absolutely amazing. And infectious disease. We've made incredible strides over the last hundred years. But for some reason, we are unable to deliver lifestyle change, which is the most validated treatment for the most common diseases that affect all of us. Now, that's a problem. And despite having technology, so that means there's something missing. And we know that's something missing because 94% of people don't even engage in the guideline recommended nutrition and exercise that we all should do. So, so there's some intention action gap here, this behavior change problem. And it seems like doctors, well, we're just not so good at this. It's not really our training. We're getting better We're getting more aware of the behavior change problem. It's just not how the system is set up to allow us to practice, nor is our training set up correctly. And it's pretty clear, I think, for most people that just buying a Fitbit or having a Peloton in your house is not going to magically change your mindset and get you to get more steps. 
So it's this idea of applying, noticing this gap that this exists, that we're not really treating the root causes of all these diseases. We're treating them symptomatically with meds. Meds are okay, but they're just part of the solution. They can't be a replacement for lifestyle change. The second thing is, even if people did try to engage with technologies or coaching or people to help, it's like the market is just confused. I mean, there's 1,500 wearables, 75 billion recipes. I did some back of the napkin math. That's about right. 20 million exercise videos. You go to Twitter and you see million health groups. It's like, A, what works? What's true? And B, what works for you? And that really leads to the next problem, which is everybody's different. No, we're not robots. Like we are sometimes irrational. We are sometimes focused. We're human beings, right? And just giving us data dashboards and reminders doesn't get most people to take the actions they need to get healthier. And so Daytona is designed to help people bridge that gap. The way we do it is we looked at the literature and saw what does work. When you look at behavior change, it's amazing. My wife binge watches something called Bridgerton for some reason on Netflix. I don't know how Netflix is able to do that, but we're able to do that. Amazon makes me buy stuff I don't really need within like five minutes, right? TikTok has got people addicted to it for, you know, three hours a day. So we actually do know how to change behavior. It's just what those companies are doing. Can we take that behavioral economics research and behavior change science that many, many scientists and researchers and engineers and people are deploying in other industries and bring that to healthcare? So we can take the data, take the technology, take all the recommendations and the knowledge we have and use a system of coaching, the tools, and the right techniques in a personalized way to help people make those changes. Because for 90% of people, you need help. It's really hard to change that behavior alone. For 5%, they're really good at it. And I think all of us know that 5%, right? There are friends who are the athletes. They're always in good shape. Their mindset's different. They don't need more mindset training. They need more tactics. Tell me what to do, I'll just do it. But for 90% of people, that's not really the case. I put myself in that 90% too. Like I've said this before, there are nights when I'm sitting there, the CEO and a doctor of a digital health coaching company, I'm sitting there looking at like, you know, a tub of ice cream going, why can't I have this at 9 p.m.? So we all are human. We all struggle with this. That's what we started Daytona to do. Can we apply the right techniques, team, and tools to get people to consistently make positive changes, empower them to think better and act better so they see those results in their cardiometabolic profile, fitness, aging, and brain health? Absolutely love it. Thanks for setting the stage because this is a very exciting and timely topic. You know, this is something to your point. I mean, we are lost in a sea of wearables. We're lost in a sea of data dashboards and we're not getting anywhere in this sea that we're lost in this boat in, right? So I want to go back and unpack a couple things that you highlighted because I sure. think it's fascinating, right? You were spot on in regards to Amazon getting me to buy something that I may not need because I just bought this other thing. And then all of a sudden now my virtual cart has more things than I initially came to shop for. Or you mentioned TikTok, right? They have people hooked for three, four, five hours a day or Netflix binge watching. How do you square? Because I also love the science of behavioral economics, gamification, bringing it to healthcare. So how do you square this, Ravi? And what do I mean by that? How do you square all of those technologies that you mentioned, the Netflix, the TikToks, the Amazons, those are creating short-term gains for the end user. But what we're needing here in regards to lifestyle change and creating true longevity of health, that's a long-term play. How do you square that with gamification, with these types of methodologies and ways that we can bake into technology? How do you square the short-term versus long-term? Yeah, there's two immediate ways. One is we get what we call, in our company, we call them captivators, which is a bad portmanteau on my part of, of captivating motivators. 
What that means is if you've ever heard of the Toyota five wise method, it's actually a really bad thing for business. It doesn't work that well, but it actually works really well in healthcare. What we do is when we first onboard somebody, you know, Mike, if you came on, you told me, Ravi, I'm really trying to get healthier. And I would just spend it like literally an hour going over. What do you mean by that? And keep asking you until you got tired. What's really funny about this is as a podcaster, you probably come across this too. When you first started, you probably thought, well, I don't want to bother people. I don't want to talk to them for too long. It turns out the other way is true. No one ever asks people these questions. So they're more than willing to explore themselves and talk about themselves with you, which is a very interesting finding. We feel that we found that same thing. When you actually deep dive into what health means for people, it quickly goes away from my 10-year risk of heart attack or my cholesterol number or the weight on the scale. Those are all things, unfortunately, our doctors sometimes we end up talking about. That bores the crap out of people because they can't imagine what that means to them. What does that mean? A stroke in 20, 30 years, right? It's not meaningful. We take that conversation and we pull it back to the shorter term goals. And then also, what does health mean to you from how you deal with your family, how you deal with your relationships in general, with your work performance, how you view yourself? What professional goals do you want to hit? Why is fitness important to you? We keep asking why, 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 and why. And it turns out if you do that, a very interesting set of answers comes out from everybody. There is like a little bit of a Gaussian distribution, but there's some fat tails, meaning everyone cares about family. Everyone cares about work. Everyone cares about making more money and being financially secure. But then there's a lot of other reasons that it just takes some exploration. Those to get from people, those reasons can be as varied as I just want to be better with my wife in bed, right? Like that's a really important reason for people, right? That we don't talk about a lot. Or it's like, I have two daughters and I want to be a really good role model as a mother. I don't want them to end up being unfit or unhealthy or or like just, I'm always the smartest person in the room and I want to have that brain health. I want to be able to always be reading, have the energy to come home from work and not be tired so I can play with my grandkids or my kids. All these answers come out. That's what health actually means to people. So we move the conversation from just the numbers to you're exercising because you really want to do this or that. So those end up being emotional anchors that are very compelling. And you have to just take the time to get those from people. Our current healthcare system isn't really set up to do that very well, but Daytona is. And that's what we spend a lot of time on, especially in the beginning of that patient journey for us. So that's how we kind of get around or square that, right? Now, there's other things that we do as well on top of that in terms of behavior change techniques, but the captivators end up being one of the three core data pillars that help drive the personalization for us. I'm happy to go through those two if you want me to. Yeah, let it rip. Yeah, so once we know those deep underlying whys, we can then leverage those by combining them with two other things. The easiest pillar, to be honest, is the what you should do. So someone comes to us who's 280 pounds and they're, most people in general are very successful at one thing or the other. They're good at their jobs. They're good parents. But when they don't have their health in order, it's just they don't have a system for that. So you may have a great system to be the great CEO, SVP, whatever, of this awesome startup or a Fortune 50 company. But, you know, you, some of those people just aren't healthy. It's just because they don't have a system. So for us, we remind them of that, right? So it gives them some confidence to engage in this. And that's another way we square that captivator thing. But the other piece of data is what you should do. So like, depending on where their physiology is, the lab results we get, the initial testing, it's like the person who can't even walk, you know, 10 minutes a day, we'll start with five. We'll start with five minutes of exercise. So everyone starts at a different point. Their bodies are different. Their lab results are different. The what we should do is a little bit personalized for each person in terms of like their nutrition, their exercise, their sleep, their mindset training, their professional goals. That's actually the easiest one to get. 
our health system and the tools we have now are really good at measuring things. We have wearables that measure the stuff in the home. We have lab results that get really high quality data. We have DEXA scans that can tell us how much fat you are and probably what the realistic change we can see in a year. That's easy. It's like, here's what you should do. Captivators, the behaviors that we want them to perform to get there are straightforward. The third piece is, in our experience, the hardest. And these are the behavior change techniques. And I think you talked about some of them earlier. You talked about kind of like some people are more, this is the kind of techniques that Amazon or these other companies or TikTok are using, or like you said, gamification. Some people are just competitive. Other people are collaborative. Some people are just a little bit more neurotic and they hate breaking streaks. You know, that streak mechanic is really important to them. It's like if they exercise five days and I show them a graph of, are you going to miss the sixth day? They're like, oh, hell no. I'm going to knock that day out because I want all the check marks on my thing, right? Some people like trophies and badges. I hate them personally. It doesn't motivate me, but you just be surprised. It just, some people really respond to that. Other people don't want to get into the data deep dive. It's too confusing for them. They don't care. We have other people, on the other hand, like engineers and scientists who are, give me the data, show me the data, give me the graph. I want to see the exact evidence. Give me the rep. You're telling me, Ravi, I shouldn't have a phone in bed an hour before, you know, looking at my phone an hour before. Show me why that's true. I'll bring up some papers talking about blue light and how it's been, you know, it's not beneficial to you when you're sleeping. They want to see that. You could have the same physiology, the same behaviors you need to change and the same captivators, but those behavior change techniques for you versus like someone else could be completely different. And unless we understand that makeup of what makes you different, I can't interact with you in a personalized way to help pull those emotional levers, if you will, to persuade you to take those actions. And that's what I think our secret sauce is. And we're getting, we're not perfect at it, but we are getting pretty good at it. Yeah, thanks for all of that, Robbie. It really sets the stage for it. Something that I've been noticing through these incredible conversations on this podcast and spending time with other industry leaders like yourself just through my day-to-day, one of the themes I've been seeing over, recall, the past six to 12 months is, you know, we have been inundated with technology and innovation and disruption in healthcare for quite some time, and that's great, and it's awesome, I love it. But what I'm also now starting to see is a little bit of a shift in thinking through what these technologies are, more importantly, not doing. And you mentioned it on the front end, we have thousands and thousands of wearables. What I'm starting to see a a trend line is having the technology, but with a human in the middle as well, right? So within the Daytona Health model, that health coach. Are you seeing those shift and those trend lines as well? If we're going to truly make some change, if we're going to actually move health forward, yes, it can be technology, but we're starting to see people understanding and having that human in the middle as well. And is that an important part of what you guys are up to and what you're seeing in regards to creating success? Yes, but I'll pull another, I'll I'll spend another Another caveat caveat card. Gold coin here. Yeah, it's, this is like the John Wick universe. Basically, it's say you need some kind of persuasion agent in the middle that can help take that data and that. with those kind of methods I talked about and other methods too that we'll discover or others will discover, help persuade people to take that, turn that data into action through some kind of emotional message or meaningful message that has a higher probability of getting that person to take that walk that you wanted to take. We pretty much know that the Fitbit reminder is like, hey, you should walk for 15. You're like, Thanks, right? We turn those things off. Those, those aren't effective. For most people, they're not effective. I, I use the word persuasion agent, uh, almost a dovetail kind of into your, the other questions you had earlier in the, that you want to talk about, which is that person right now is a human being. And I think for the foreseeable future, human to human connection is really irreplaceable. There is nothing like being on video with another human. You're trying to replace that with something else. You're fighting a million years of hominid evolution, right? So, I mean, it, it's really hard to, take, to create, the, create the same impact. At the same time, that human in vivo is 
you could have an in silico agent that could be almost as persuasive, that could be good enough to offload some of those interactions. Maybe not the very persuasive nudges. You know, some of our coaches, our coaches are incredible. Like our team is really good because we take the time and we get the data to get to know people really well. So you feel like someone's got your back all the time, like as a Daytona member. But what we're imagining is, can we take that personalization, those algorithms, and have them delivered by a mixed team of both people and agents, whether those are very smart bots, whether they're created by large language models and generative AI, you know, that can be trained on that personalized data. I'm old enough to remember Blockbuster Video. Do you remember that? You know, it's like the world's full of a billion movies. You walk into this store, for all the kids listening right now, ask your parents, it's like, you walk into the store and there's a dude who's like a movie fanatic, right? Always working at Blockbuster. And you're like, hey, what, what should I watch this week? And that person would just tell you. You're like, oh, look, this new movie came out. It's like, you gotta, and they know you because you keep coming in and read them. like, oh, Robbie, you'd like this movie, man. This is out. You got to watch Total Recall or whatever. Oh, it's crazy. I remember that's, and you'd be like, oh, you just shortcutted me a bunch of decision-making, right? Now, when Netflix came out, Netflix basically took that knowledge was able to take data and algorithms and replace the blockbuster guy. It was always a guy, wasn't it? Anyway, it was the blockbuster guy and turn that into a recommendation engine that we all just take for granted now. So it's like, oh, well, Mike, you know, you like these, you've seen these kind of things. You like these kind of movies. We're going to put these on your front page. So in some sense, in other industries, as humans, we've already accepted that this is true and it works. We appreciate it. We see it in Amazon. We see it on other online shopping portals. We see it in recommendations engines on, on YouTube and TikTok and, and everything else on Twitter. So we know that that tech exists in consumer products. What we're saying is, why can't we bring that same thing into healthcare? So I do think humans are going to be in the loop. But what I would like to see in like five, 10 years is for Daytona members and, and other competitors too, I think we'll be doing this. You've got a team. You've got a team that's going to take all this data and all these techniques, get to know you well and help you make real lifestyle changes that are going to have make you, give you massive improvements. That team is going to be part human, part robot. Don't worry. Both care about you. That's what we want to be able to say. And we want to be able to say that convincingly so that person on the other end feels like they care about you. And we're seeing already, I mean, you know, I think the, the LLMs, you know, the chat GPTs and the GPT models in general have accelerated that process. Great tools for us to start experimenting with. They're not there yet. Even in our internal testing, I'll admit to you, out of the box, GPT-4 is 10 to 15% effective in terms of creating emotionally persuasive messages. But we know that this is inevitability, right? This is like the path to go down. So that melding of humans and AI, I think, is the solution to be able to scale this from a concierge high-touch premium thing to, let's say, the equivalent of the Tesla Model 3. I'm sure Elon wants everyone to experience the electric future. He had to start with a Model S, you know, very high-touch, very expensive. But we all want the Model 3 or the Model 1 so that everyone can experience that. And that's what we're working on, too, at Daytona. Well, and to your point as well, and, and really blending that to create that optimal experience in the next five to 10 years, Ravi, is, is spot on. Because also, if we think about just at large, we don't have enough human capacity to solve for and deliver the needs that the consumer, whatever he or she needs, is we're actually delivering for. So we do have to rely on the machines and the robots and in order to give the human capacity even more gas to fuel what is needed in the marketplace. Would you agree with that? Yeah. What do you think about this? So here's what I'm imagining. I, I'm seeing like a pie chart where 
probably like some percent, and I don't know these percentages yet. I don't think anyone does, but some percentage of people will just never take to getting recommendations from something that's a bot. They just won't, they're like, I don't want that. I'll, I'll pay extra. Just give me the human all the time. And then in the opposite will be true as well. And that the middle will be the majority. That's where I'm thinking. Are you thinking that too? Does that resonate with you? The innovator's bell curve, right? Yeah. Innovator's bell curve for sure. You're going to have some of those early adopters. You're going to have laggards and some that are no adopters. And then you're going to have that kind of meat in the middle, right? It's the Hertz. You know, I just got back from Hawaii. So it's like the Hertz gold. I'm like, oh my God, please. I just don't want to talk to a human. Just let me go to the car and get it, you know, just get out of there. Right. And it's like, we're going to have those two. We're just like, don't give me the human. I want just the bot. Just tell me what to do. I'll do it. But we're making a bet that like those three categories will exist. We don't know the percentages yet, to be honest, but you know, we're excited to explore and find out. No, absolutely. And I think you're spot on. We don't know that yet. I think things are changing again. What we said earlier, things are changing so fast. I think it's a to be continued. And I think it's an exciting opportunity to be a part of this forefront and this frontier that we're all unlocking together at the same time, right? But I know that it is absolutely true. We do not have enough human capacity to fulfill the needs in the marketplace. And therefore, we need to figure out elegant and seamless solutions that are helping deliver that value back to the marketplace. And in this instance, delivering health to our fellow human, right? I mean, that is a huge, huge undertaking. So also, Robbie, what's on the horizon for Daytona Health? What are you guys seeing over the next two to three years? You kind of already alluded to a little bit on regards to what you would like to see, but what's going on with the roadmap? What should we be thinking about as the the listening community on this podcast, amazing community rallied around it. What should they be mindful of? What are you seeing and, and where are things heading in the next two to three years? Yeah, I think I could divide that. The answer probably comes in two different flavors. One is, you know, everyone talks about data. You know, are we getting the physiology data, the lab data, the visit data, the, all that stuff? But there's a missing piece of data that we are really getting better at getting at, which is the psychology data. That's something that if you really want, the Fitbit works when paired with a system to help people use that information. And the system I was describing that we use at Daytona takes a lot of data that we typically don't get very well or easily with traditional labs. I can't do a blood test for motivation interviewing, right? Or get those whys. So there's training involved, there's protocols involved, and there's ways to categorize that motivation behavior change data. That is a class of data the healthcare system has been missing. We've been trying very hard to pioneer getting that information and organizing it, structuring it in a way where we can make it computable so it can be amenable to things like machine learning and take an AI approach later. Companies that are going to do that are going to be the key because you can't train these large language models without that data, right? You really have to know how to talk to people and their personalities and motivation profiles, not just their step counts and their CGM data. That's not enough to get people to change their behavior and see the actual health outcomes. So I would urge people to really start thinking about what makes people tick. And that means probably hiring or employing people with different training than we traditionally would think about, right? So people who are trained in behavior science and behavior change and behavioral economics. The second thing is medicine, you know, like all tech goes through the great bundling and unbundling. And I firmly believe we're going into a bundling phase. Like we right now, when we tell people at Daytona is, look, don't go try to source your own health coach, personal training, all the wearables. You pay us one fee, we take care of it all. It's one thing. We'll take care of all the executive coaching, life coaching, health coaching. We'll provide the wearables. We'll do the labs. We have phlebotomy come to your house. We'll do the brain health. It's all one piece. And I can almost feel the collective sigh of relief from like a potential customer because they're like, oh, good. Because I've just got, you know, I've got this trainer over here. I've got a doctor over here. I've got, and it's just like, everyone just wants one platform. Somebody that just takes all the pieces and puts it together and makes it, you know, it's the taco shell. You know, without a taco shell, it's really hard to eat that stuff, right? 
And it's like, they just want to just bundle it for me. Just create a container where I can trust you that it'll work for me. And it's just easy. And I think we're going into a bundling phase. So if you're just making hardware, if you're trying to come up with the next Woo, I would really urge you to think about how are you going to bundle this with a service component or who can you work with to make sure that your thing gets used effectively. You're trying to sell more hardware. And the same goes for people who are just in the software AI space, or the coaching space. It's like, you got to use tools. And like, are we going to invent everything ourselves? I think the problem is too big for that, right? And we got to partner with the right people. So that's what I would say. Well, and as an aside, any podcast episode with a taco reference becomes an automatic home run episode. Just wanted to make sure I put that out there as a quick caveat on my end, Ravi. Any episode with a taco reference is a home run. So (laughs) joking aside, I appreciate kind of that view into what you're seeing out there and you are spot on. There's just so many options for the end consumer to select today. Then nothing gets done, right? That whole analysis paralysis. I know it's cliche, but it is absolutely true. So to be able to have somebody uh, alongside you to help you with that journey and make those decisions and to create a seamless experience, it's incredibly important. And we're going to see that continue, that expansion of that mindset of our consumers that is going to be needed now more than ever. And we're going to see more and more of that for sure. So let's bring it back to kind of current state as well. Ravi will take the proverbial crystal ball off the shelf. And we just talked about future state. We're going to put the crystal ball back on the shelf. We're going to go back to current state and talk about how we can be helping you and the team with this, again, this community, incredible leaders across the nation and beyond. What's that one problem need or question that you have that the community can be helping you with? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I think like there's no startup founder in the world that isn't always thinking about funding a runway. So it's like, that's always helpful to us. You know, we're a seed stage startup and we, we were able to raise, you know, enough money to kind of get this thing started. At some point you got to go from theory to just do it, right? You got to just start and you got to take customers and, and paying customers and do it. We've been in that phase and we're looking to extend runway so we can just get better and better and better. Like this is, like I, I said before, the biggest problem in healthcare, it's going to take time patience and diligent focused work. So I'm in this, you know, I think all of our team, not just me, we're in the 20 year game here. Like we really want to change healthcare. This is going to take time and we're committed to doing it or we will die trying. Like we've all said that internally. We're just like, if my grandkids don't live longer than me, I'm like, I failed son of immigrants here. In any case, I think that's really important to us is to just get that runway, finding the right partners and specifically the partners who are looking at this from a long-term big play. And second, just getting people who are interested. If it's all the people out there who are like, we're happy to get on a call to see if we're a good fit. Like, I think, like I said, a lot of people are struggling with the same thing we're treating, which is how do I actually just make these changes that I know I should to feel better? I see a lot of lists on Twitter from people like get more sunlight, do more exercise. Like, I know that it's just life gets in the way. I'm busy. I'm stressed. I'm tired. It's hard to sort out. No one gets me. It's like, talk to us. We'd love to have a conversation with you to see if we can help. Excellent. Well, in order for those conversations to be had, Ravi, how do they get a hold of you? Social media handles, contact points online, websites, or otherwise, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So my email is Ravi at Daytona.health. You can find me on LinkedIn at Ravi Kamadi Ready and on Twitter uh, at R Kamadi Ready. I think I'm the only Kamadi Ready on there. So it's pretty easy to find. The website's www.daytona.health. So always happy to just send me a DM on any of those platforms or an email directly and I'll get back to you. Easy enough for our listening community to simply scroll down in your favorite podcast player that you're tuning in for this episode today and find those contact points for Ravi and the team. Or you can head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. You can find a post for this episode and it's a place to leave some comments and feedback or otherwise for Ravi and the team and find those contact points online as well. Again, over at passionatepioneers.com. All right, Ravi, I know there's a lot more to talk about. Maybe, hey, we'll bring you back next time. We'll dive deeper into that 
that taco example you <laughs> laid out for us. That was awesome. Uh, but before we get out of here, we have one more piece for you. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because I want to empower people to go do the things they were put on this earth to go do and change the world to be a better place. Absolutely love it. Ravi, what a heck of an episode today. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I know how busy entrepreneurs who are fired up like you are. So thank you for taking a pit stop to spend time with our community. We really appreciate the time together. Again, thank you for being with us today. And Mike, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to share our vision. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.